Tropes. I'm Aaron. And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm your virgin. And we're your hosts. Hello. <laughs> so this week we read a really great book, Playing House by Ruby Lang, um, which we are going to be getting to shortly. We just have a few little housekeeping pieces before we get started with that. As I just told Clayton moments ago, I do feel like I need to do a caveat over this episode because I really uh, messed up my back the last few days. Y- yesterday was spent on the floor crying. It was, it's was it been a rough few days. <laughs> and so we had to move the podcast recording to my living room. Otherwise, I was not 100% sure I could make it to Pintown. So, um, yeah. So if, if I seem a little bit off or loopy, it's because I haven't left this house in three days and... You're on a lot of painkillers, nice, but all prescribed. Actually, yes. all over the counter. So I'm not even ashamed. Okay, you shouldn't be. Never. Shouldn't be ashamed to ask for help. There we go. The more you know. Yeah, and that's the episode right there. <laughs> Thanks for coming, everybody. Yeah. Um. So first things first. There's something really exciting happening, um, and that is the Romance for Races, um, auction which we will have a link to in our show notes. Um, It's a really great thing that's being put on by Love and Panels. And it is basically a bunch of people in Romancelandia have donated like services or um, books or different things um, that you can go and you can bid on. And then all the money goes to a good cause. Um, What is the cause? Races. So they help with uh, people at the border. Okay. Yeah. I I think it's a lot of... um, uh, like legal help for them. Great. So it's good. Great. Very good cause and very uh, necessary right now. So you can win tea at the plaza with Joanna Shoup. You can win a, uh, or not win, you can bid on and then win yeah. a, uh, a manuscript critique by Sarah McLean. Wow. <laughs> um, and then, oh, you can go on a food tour with Adriana Herrera. This sounds like so much fun. Yeah. So there's things for there if you are an author yourself. There's a lot for you if you're not an author. You just love, you know, people and hanging out. Oh, Jen Reads Romance will take you on uh, out to lunch and then to a bookstore. Oh, well, there's nothing better. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd be like, you know, I almost said going to the Natural History Museum with Teddy Roosevelt. I don't know if that works. <laughs> <laughs> That's the painkillers talking. Yeah. Whoopsies. <laughs> Um, so everybody definitely go bid on that. There are things from, for all different, um, prices. So you'll find something and then, um, it's all for a good cause. So bid early, bid often. Yes. Got there and bid. Um, anyway. So you said before we got started that you had some news. Oh yes. I, I have some sad news. Oh. Um, it, so I was checking our stats on Podbean which I tend to do. And I'll, because I, I upload the episodes now, which mm-hmm. is, yeah. We are giving him more and more responsibility, and he's been doing great with it. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I was looking at our state map, and Uh-oh. we lost Wyoming. <laughs> now, I don't know what I did or what I said, but whatever it was, I'm sorry. She also emailed us that she was the Wyoming listener. Well, that was a while ago. Apparently, then we're just, we didn't keep up to her standards and she's left us now. I just, it's, it feel, it feels like a rejection. It feels personal. I mean, I, you know, listen, I, everybody has a right to choose, you know, what they listen to and stuff like that. But I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt. I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt. So... Whatever, I mean, if there's anything I can 
do. If there's anything I can say, just let me know. Because, you know, once I we had a taste, it's hard to give that up. To see that whole map. To see that big white area again just feels like, well, I'm. What, what do I do now? Yeah, we lost it. Yeah. Well, who's next? Also, we already lost Vermont, but that's because you're from New Hampshire, so that's not my fault. Yeah, that's they don't like fault. me. It's fine. I don't really care. Yeah, but, but who's next? I mean, what's, you know, it just, I'm spiraling. I'm spiraling. But just, you were only checking for the month of September. That's true, so maybe which, they... you know, maybe she's out of town for a week. It's <laughs> funny, that's like one person. <laughs> it's true, it's true. And if you are listening, it's not, you have, like I said, you have every right to listen to whatever you want to. And I don't want, I'm not trying to guilt you back. That's not what I want. I want, I want a consensual relationship of listening to the podcast something you don't like about it just let us know yeah we'll take yeah. it under consideration yeah we're not above accepting notes no yeah but anyway that's 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 the, that was the news so yeah so if i'm a little off it's that's because it. i that's that's the reason get ready for a loop to do episode yeah 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 so like we say at the end of every episode we always want you to leave reviews and we got left a five-star review i'm gonna read it out to you um, and it was great because this was also very informative to us and helped us fix a problem that we didn't know existed. Yeah, so we got a uh, review from that one girl, 82011, and she wrote, love this podcast. I stumbled upon it while searching all the podcasts, and I'm hooked. I wish I could start from the beginning. It looks like the oldest episodes are no longer available, but I was able to listen to episode five, but now it's gone. Keep up the amazing banter and discussion. So you read this, Clayton. And all the alarms went off. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I immediately went to Podbean mm-hmm. and uh, I changed it. So, I mean, I don't want to... It's very technical. Um, I don't want to bore you guys. But I went in and changed the maximum amount of episodes that could show because it was set at 40, which I think was just a preset. And so I bumped it up to 100. So I just got to remember after our uh, 100th episode to do something with it. But hopefully that should change. We checked it today. Um, and, work- and it goes to which our is first Sunday. to Kiss of the Highlander. Yeah, so hopefully um, it should continue to show those episodes. But I'm going to keep track now mm-hmm. and make sure that everybody has access to every episode because those first five are great. I mean, Dreaming of You is in there. And that's a, that, that's a huge... I mean, everybody's got a... Dreaming of You, which has never left our top ten since we released it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, it's People a are spectacular listening book. To it constantly. Yeah, so we want everything to be available to everyone. We weren't trying to like, you know, um, we weren't going to put stuff behind a paywall or anything. So if no. anybody was worried about that, that's n- not going to happen. So yeah, so it should be fixed. We're going to keep an eye on it. But mm-hmm. thank you so much for the review and the yeah. information. That's awesome. Yeah, that was great. It was IT help and uh, <laughs> and, a, and a great review. It was troubleshooting nice. and uh, five oh, stars. We love it. We, we love would that. give her five stars for reviewing. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Five star back. Yeah. Without further ado, this has been a very long intro to a great novella that only just came out last month, Playing House by Ruby Lang. And let's judge this cover. What do you think? Cartoon cover. Cartoon cover. Here's my thing. I don't like cartoon covers. For what they symbolize, sort of like the infantilization of like women and women's desires. I'm not a fan of it in general. That being said, this is very cute. Yeah, and I, I do think that it represents the book pretty well because it yeah. is closed door. Is it closed door? Mm, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there is a masturbation scene that I thought was very hot. 
Mm. Her when when she masturbated, that was very hot. And there is mention of his penis, things like that, but there it's not it's not graphic. Yeah, no, it's not overly graphic. No, it, I mean, and it's a very cute cover. Mm-hmm. And I remember when she released this on like the socials and stuff. I was like, oh, that is darling. But you know, my feelings of uh, cartoon covers remain unchanged in okay. general because. Yeah, I just don't like it. And they are just becoming um, so ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what was this book about, Clayton? This book is about Oliver and Faye. And they are city planners who are acquaintances. They've they've kind of been uh, in the same circle and around each other and knew uh, people in a very close, I guess, city planners are very incestuous (laughs) and they all know each other. And they're city planners in New York. And they meet each other at an open house and they pretend to be a married couple, Ollie and Darling, him being Ollie, her being Darling. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a thing where they keep pretending there's a misunderstanding and then surprise, surprise, they fall in love. So it's a novella, so it's very short, so it was really succinct. So there are things that happen, uh, uh, but it's not a super complicated uh, story, which I really liked. I knew you liked this book because this book is just about two very kind people who meet each other and slowly fall in love, and that's your catnip. That's your favorite thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really did. Uh, I do love a simple romance. I love a realistic, modern romance. I do think that... The misunderstanding that happens is uh, wasn't a huge. Uh, it's not like a huge thing, but in this world, it makes sense that it was there was some angst to it. So Oliver is living with his brother, and he's Who seems real cool. He seems real cool, yeah. And he, uh, they have a really fun relationship, and uh, he is. I wouldn't say down on his luck, but he's thirty six. He doesn't have a steady job, so he's doing a lot of uh, side work in his field, but he doesn't have a legitimate, like, job. And, I mean, it's the gig economy. It's, it's Welcome to 2019, it, Oliver. It, I don't know what you expected. It's the gig economy, right? So, Health insurance, stability. Oh, no, please, what, what is this, the what, 60s? What did you say? No, Health it's not what? happening. Stable what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also, I just want to make sure to say, in case you are new to the book, we do spoil the book. Yes, yes, This yes. is a very quick read. Yeah. So just pause this and read it and come back. Yeah, anything that... And also, like, the this won't really spoil it because it's not... Uh, you're it's not, not about what happened. Yeah, yeah, and it's you're not waiting for his uh, what kind of job he has. It's not like there's any tension as to the reveal of his fact that he is part of the gig economy. <laughs> but he, he, what I liked about it is because I did see a lot of myself in him in that I don't have pressure from my parents to do like be a doctor or a lawyer. Now, so he is Asian. They're Asian, both both him and Faye. And the, there's a close-knit family situation with Oliver and his mom and uh, Oliver's brother. And she is, I think deep down, loves him and understands he's, he's not the kind of, he's, I don't want to say black sheep because he's not the black sheep. He's just different and has different priorities. But she wants him to have stability. She's looking out for him and stuff like that. So he's going off a little bit of the beaten trail, and I think he feels that pressure from his family, and that comes into how he feels about himself. So when he 
runs into Faye. He feels feelings for her, but he also was uh, trying to get a job at her firm. And this was like months ago. He hadn't heard anything, so he didn't feel like he needed to bring it up. And him and Faye hit it off. They get really close to each other at these viewings. What was cool about this book is that you get to see, they went and looked at New York real estate, which, which is, is amazing. So a fun. A book for us. Yes. So fun. And I love the, how they would get like get close to each other. And, uh, you know, they got in a closet one time and then they tried to, they tried to do it in the bathroom, but they failed. <laughs> and, uh, she fell into the bathtub, which was really dirty. And so she pulls down the curtain of the shower and breaks it. And then the person who was showing them the house walks in while he's, uh, hitting the dirt off the back of her pants. So it looks <laughs> like he's spanking her over the, big, the uh, bathtub. So it's very cute and fun. And like you said, they're very kind people who have, they're not trying to put one over each other. So when Faye thinks maybe Oliver was butting up to her or flirting with her to get a job, she feels wounded. Right. And I think the thing with Faye, too, is like she's recently divorced. Oh, that's a big thing, too. She's been with this guy. She was with this guy for 10 years. Yeah. And so she's out on her own. And I think she's happy she's out on her own. But... It's hard to get out there and date. And she had been pushing herself and she went on like 12 like coffee dates or something and nothing really hit it off. So I do think you're a little bit gun shy. And it also sounds like uh, Jeremy, her ex-husband, was a true dick and gaslit her and yeah. made her feel like her priorities weren't important and would say one thing to her and then something else. So she couldn't felt like she couldn't really trust men to also like say what they really thought. And that was a lot also wrapped up around her job and what she did, which she loves. And so I think when then she meets Oliver and she like really likes him, but it's her first would be her first relationship in a long time. So she's a little bit hesitant. And then all of a sudden when she finds out he does lie to her, even if it is lying by omission or whatever, that's like a trigger for her. So it's like where I wouldn't be that upset about something like that. I think that for him, for her, it just carries more weight because of her past. Yeah, it's understandable why she'd be upset with that. Well, and the thing that I love too is like for Oliver, because I've been unemployed, underemployed, you know, been in those sort of situations. And then when you go out and you meet new people, that's the only thing you can think about is these people are going to judge me because of this. And it's the old thing of like whatever you're insecure about is the thing that you just project on everybody else. So for Oliver too, where it's like he's in a good situation, he lives with his brother. Welcome to New York City, yeah, exactly, Oliver, and um, and is freelancing and seems to be doing a good job at it. And also, like his firm closed, it's not like he was fired. So yeah, it's it, he has nothing to be ashamed of, which I think ultimately he does learn. But I don't. You get that these are two like nice but pretty tentative people. Yeah, and so she has a apartment that she lives in that is completely not unpacked. She's sleeping on a mattress on the floor. She hasn't bought herself furniture. It's it, what I like about this book is that it's about spaces. Yeah. So it's about new spaces, uh, and it's about making a space a home. And she was feeling just with without an anchor. That's why that apartment that she had just wasn't furnished, wasn't unpacked. And after they bang it out on the mattress. And then he gets up and afterwards cooks for her. I know. Which is a baller move. And Oliver's he's so a, nervous about it, too. He's like, I wonder if she's going to be mad that I cooked for her. 
No, I don't think. Nobody. Gr- I mean, unless it was a very bad situation, and she was like, "Maybe you should go," and then he just stays and cooks for her. That is a bad thing. But they had a lot of fun. It seemed like, and then when he made her food, I was like, "That's such a cool thing for him to do." But after they have their, uh, you know, they have the sex. Uh, she's still kind of ups- she finds out about him wanting that job and gets a little upset, but she starts to unpack her apartment. She starts going shopping for furniture, thinking about how she wants to make this space her own. And I love that because that's what happens when you are somebody who has had a bad breakup, feeling like, well, I I don't feel good enough about myself to take care of myself or make my space my own. And then somebody comes and even if it doesn't work out, like if there's an attraction or a spark or somebody makes you feel attractive for the first time in a long time, you want to better yourself. You want to, maybe I'll get a haircut. Maybe I'll buy new clothes. Maybe I'll do this. And I know those are very surface things, but they're steps to a positive future. And that's what I loved about this book is that it's such a small thing to have a character look for new furniture, but it means so much to her character and her movement forward. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And when she started unpacking, you also felt it too. When she was like, oh, she was wiping out the cabinets. I'm like, oh, I can see it so clearly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think this is like a very well-written, nice, simple story, which is almost harder to do too, because it's, there's no big tent poles Mm -mm. in this. It is just sort of like people slowly moving through life, which is like really beautiful to see. This scene with Renata, I loved. Because I do always find it really claustrophobic when the heroines don't have a friend. Mm -hmm. You love a strong friend. I love a friend. A friend group, too. You Mm -hmm. love a friend group. I do love a friend group. This is just two friends, but I think that was also fine. You didn't want to crowd. I mean, that's the thing. The book would have been crowded with, you know, Oliver had a fun brother and a a kind of a stern mom. But, you know, all those characters meant something to their progress. Yeah. Um. So I I loved that moment with her when she pulls the briefcase up in front of the screen because she's a lawyer, apparently. (laughs) Faye asks her some legal questions. She's like, I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, You just love a friend who's going to jump in at any time. You got to have a friend who's a lawyer. Uh Got to have a friend who's a nurse or a doctor. And you got to have a friend that works at a weed dispensary. Was it on this podcast when you were building your imaginary girlfriend and one of the traits was in the medical field? Yes. Or did I dream that? No, that's true. That was true. You did and- not dream that. That is not a, a pill-influenced dream. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that yeah, that's a big thing. Well, um, English or Australian accent, too. Okay. That's We're that's, branching out. Yeah. Um, and uh, definitely a nurse, somebody who can look at moles and know what they are. What, a doctor? Yeah. I mean nurse even a vet who uh dabbles in human medicine <laughs> well something that we learned from slade is that like all doctors have a stop in vet school all yeah they start mm-hmm. at vets and then they move to humans mm-hmm. yeah yeah that, that's just that's the trajectory it's not what you would think but it's the way it is it is the way it is yeah i love the parts with uh oliver and his family his mom they move his mom out to forest hills and she hates it all right. She wants to move back to Elmhurst. Yeah, which is such a... It's funny because also, like, we're recording this currently in Queens. Mm-hmm. We're in Astoria. And um, it's just so funny to hear places, even though it is New York City and everyone knows New York City. Every time I do hear a place in New York City, I'm like, oh, I know Elmhurst. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, me and 
8 million other people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it does not matter. But yeah, so, uh, th- I mean, this book is about real estate, and I did love it. I would love to read another, uh, uh, like, the next book when it comes out, um, if it is more about real estate. Because it is, because it's called Uptown. I do wish that they would have said what the rent was on all these places. Mm, and I that's know... That's the thing that was missing. But if you're really a New Yorker, all you talk about is rent. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as you walk into a space, you're like, how much? Yeah. And so I think that was the only unrealistic thing about this is that they did not immediately talk about how much it would be. Even because I think if they're thinking about buying, you at least got to know what you're paying each month, you know, for your mortgage. Well, I think they were also looking just in like in a fantasy sort of way. Because the yeah. first one was just a house tour. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't have bought that house. Yeah. And then the other ones were, yeah, real estate listings. But I feel like it would have helped a lot to just know like, oh, is this like a grand place or not? And then at the end, it was a place that he bought, mm-hmm. which is nice. That's but really cute. How yeah. much is he paying? What was his down payment? Yeah, I what are know. his What are his fees? What are, does he pay? Uh, condo fees. They should have had sex at the end, talking about that, mm-hmm. and she being like so turned on that he was able to lower his like brokerage fee and all that, like the what he had to pay for the broker and stuff. Like that would have been super hot. Oh, if he was like, I talked them into only last month's rent. Boom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would come so fast. Oh, I would be. Yeah. 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 The co-op fees are uh, negligible. uh, I couldn't. I couldn't read on the subway. I couldn't read it at work. (laughs) I'd get fired. It'd be an HR uh, uh, problem. Um, There was a very, as much as it was pretty closed door, there was a very sexy masturbation scene. Which we don't get a lot of solo female masturbation scenes. No, I love it. Sadly. I loved it. Here's something about that scene that I did find funny is that she took off her shorts and folded them and placed them on the pillow next to her head. That's a character thing. And then she also took off her shirt and folded it and put it next to her. And I'm like, maybe it's just me, but do other women get fully nude to masturbate? It just seems, unless you're already nude or in the bath. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I just I don't want to pass judgment on it. Oh, absolutely. But it just did make me laugh as a character trait where she's like, well, I'm having sex with myself, so. Fully naked. Off comes the kit. So do you think she maybe likes to wear those a lot too bad? Like she wears them like three days in a row. So she was just like, well, maybe I can, I'll just take these off and then. Don't get my juices Yeah. I mean, do you think that would something to do with it? I mean, yeah, probably. I I actually thought it was very cute, the folding of the glove. Like (laughs) I like that. It was like, take these off, make sure they're folded. (laughs) In the heat of passion. I'm so turned on. It's folded. (laughs) Shirt off. Folded. She had like one of those like plastic squares that she uses to fold. Oh, like <laughs> the gap. Yeah, that the gap. She asked, "Can I purchase one of those?" <laughs> um, she knows a guy. Yeah, and she has a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was. I thought that was really cute. I love that. No, that was also a very sexy scene. It was super I sexy really and that. unexpected, and mm-hmm. because we don't get a lot of solo uh, female masturbation, so I really like that one. Yeah, that was very sexy. Mm-hmm. That was the sexiest scene in the book, I would say. Yeah, I, I the sex was fine, but it was yeah, it was like pretty closed door. It was the the proximity thing. I loved how they got close and reacted to it because you're close to so many people in a day and feel nothing, and then when you have that connection with somebody and you're everything's kind of firing, that's such a cool feeling, and it like totally takes you out of your mundane life. And that's what I really liked about this book, that it really captured that feeling mm-hmm. of just being close to somebody that you really like just makes you feel so much more alive. Yeah. 
No, it was lovely. Yeah. So I recommend this, and and it's such a quick read mm-hmm. that there's really no reason not to. Yeah, just buy it, read it. I don't know if the next one is going to be a full-length book or not, but we'll be here for it either way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, Ruby, if you're listening, hi. Hello. Welcome. You wrote a great book. We loved it. You know, just send us some stats. Well, yeah, and like... Like your apartment situation, like how what, much do you pay? How much do you pay? When well, did you come in? Yeah, <laughs> is it rent control? Do you sign a two-year lease? Did you get a two-year? What yeah. about a three-year lease? I'm getting a little excited, so that we can't would, talk too much about this. It's going to be oh, very inappropriate. They would have popped off if he said he locked them in for three years. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, yeah, that would have been a problem. Yeah, so de- definitely email us with all your financial information. <laughs> We asked Kate Claiborne to email us how much they want, and she did. She told us. Oh, yeah. That's a secret, though. We can't say. We are say. not going to tell anybody else, but I was so excited she did know. that. <laughs> yeah. We love secret information, especially if it's numbers related, and that's something funny about us. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the perks of this job, being uh, a media entity. Mm-hmm. We are privy to information that other people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Financial information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It runs the world. Yeah. If you next time you email us, if you live in New York and you just want to put like, hey, I pay uh, $2,400 for mm-hmm. a two and a half bedroom, one and a half bath, I'd say, well done. Where yeah. are you? And that's the thing. And even if you're getting screwed, we'll be like, oh, that's a shame. Because mm-hmm. it's not, it, it doesn't reflect on you uh, because sometimes you get screwed. Yeah. And sometimes you need to just find a place and you're getting screwed. But then the next one, you're going to make out. It's, it's, it's a balance. I've been in places where, you know, I've been screwed. I've been in places where I had a great deal. It just, you know, that's just New York. Yeah. Only in New York. Only in New York do you get screwed by landlords. No, I think (laughs) that's a lot of places. Yeah, probably not only in New York. Probably everywhere. Yeah. We got very inside base. People don't like it when we go to New York and we just did for five minutes. Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah, Wyoming's really going to love this episode. I know. Well, now maybe we know why she did not love it. (laughs) Um, Would you fuck them? Yes. You would? I fucking both. Wow. Absolutely. I mean, because, like you said, they're decent, kind people. And I think Faye would be fun. She's sexy. She she folds her clothes when she masturbates. That's cool. Is that what got it for you? Yeah. Not while she masturbates, but before she masturbates. Mm-hmm. Even if she did it, wow, that'd be cool as well. I mean, uh, that'd be dexterous. The thing about Oliver, or Ollie, as he likes to be called in Faye, the, thing, the one thing about this, the pseudonyms were a little... Like, well, he wrote thinking he was funny because Oliver, I think, thinks he's clever. And but he's not I don't know how clever. he's not very yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he tries, and that's why we love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wrote on a thing, Oliver and Darling Wife, mm-hmm. as like checking into a space, thinking that no one was ever going to look at it. But then immediately they did. And this woman just like went with calling her Darling. Which is so weird for her to make that assumption. Yeah. But I think that was his charm, too. He is kind of a doofus. He's not a doofus. He's just like nerdy that is the thing he is a little bit corny so i don't know but i throw him a fuck okay because he seems like a decent guy and you know what he was very into asking for consent Mm -hmm. like that sex scene was uh, was him asking a lot of is this okay are you sure are you sure right and i think that's good in a lover yeah to make sure that it's consented yeah, non-contextual sex is a real bummer. It is. Well, we run into a lot of it in these books. Yeah. Yeah, right. so to have ultra consent is nice. Mm-hmm. What about you? Would you fuck them? No. You wouldn't fuck Faye. I didn't get, like, neither of them really got my, like, juices flowing. Okay. 
as thinking they were super sexy. Like I would be Faye's friend. I would watch Bachelor in Paradise with Faye. Should we do Goodreads list? Of course. Now this is so new. That's the thing. Pretty much on no list. Okay. It was on a lot of like hotly anticipated lists. Great. Which is great. Um, the list we have is AOC or WOC New Romance 2019. See, I love this because they're acronyms and I'm trying to figure out what they are. Okay. AOC is, uh, adult oriented conolingus. I mean, one would hope all conolingus <laughs> is adult oriented. <laughs> Otherwise, we report it. Yeah, absolutely. Tell Re- the teacher. Report it. Yeah. If it's not AOC, <laughs> it's, it's not for me. <laughs> um, what what is AOC? Author of color. Author of color. Great. Nice. And then WOC. I am- WOC woman of color. Yes. Yes. Um. One out of two. Ain't bad. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I was going to say that, but I couldn't remember her name completely. Oh, yeah. She's our rep right here. She she's, is. She's repping you right now. Repping me right now. Mm-hmm. AOC. Um, so, and then the next one is seasoned romance, which I don't understand. Seasoned is in that they're older, and I like. I guess they're in their 30s. God, I'm, I guess I'm, am I seasoned? But then also, is it because of the food? Because there was two banging meals being made. Yeah, peanut sauce. She loved that peanut sauce. Oh, she couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And then when she made it, it was just like ramen scallions, and then she ripped up some chicken. I was like, what a fucking brilliant idea. She just ripped. Yeah, she, it was very specific. Like, she, like, ripped up that chicken with her fingers. She didn't know where your forks were. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's true. Um, yeah, so seasoned, or it's, it didn't happen in a certain season. Because then that would be seasonal. They talked about it being very hot. It was hot all the time, which made me uncomfortable. I'm sweating. I mean, this is the tail end of the summer. We're actually almost into fall. And this is such a hard time for me because it's so on that edge of, of it being nice and a very good temperature for sweaty guys like myself. And to, you know, walk from the subway today in September and have... Like sweat marks from my book bag makes me like angry mm-hmm. because I want it to be, I want things to start dying. You want to be chill in the air. I want to chill in the air. I want it to be a little bit nippy out there. Mm-hmm. But the heat in this book, because I, I know what it's like to walk up some stairs and I'm not out of shape, and, but I'm just sweaty, like no matter what I do. So like I'll walk upstairs and then I just, I'm not sweating until I stop, and then it just starts pouring, and it's so uncomfortable even like a button-up shirt and stuff. So I felt Oliver's pain. I felt Faye's pain. So, yeah. But I think they would say seasonal, not seasoned. Yeah, so I don't know what seasoned romance How is How old was Faye? To. Did they say? No, but it... Because he's 36. Yes. But it also made it seem like they were contemporaries. Also, Faye runs her own firm. So she's, at the very least, early 30s, maybe yeah. probably mid-30s. And he was saying he was almost 40, 36 ain't almost 40. Like it's I, out there. It is, but it's like, dude, give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. Wait until you're 38, 39. Then yeah. you can say you're almost 40. And then when you're 40, say you're almost 40. Just always Say you're 37 almost. or 38. Yeah. No, it's okay to age. It's fine to age. 
As everybody woman, else except me is the best, except for me. You love you. You like aging. Oh my god, it's the biggest crack of shit that they try to sell towards women to like not want them to age because like it truly only gets better. Well, they can sell you product. That's the whole thing. I am somebody who loves skin products mm-hmm. and talking about skin products and putting on skin products and the whole thing. So that's not a burden to me, but. I think it was honestly a thing when like when I turned 30 that like a switch flipped and every year my life has got better. But it's not just because of like things. It is because producer Patty's pointing to himself. It's not because I met my husband. I met him when I was in my 20s. But it is like you just your view of the world changes. You come more into your like own like power it's just really great do you feel like and we're probably this is i don't want to make this a very long conversation because this episode i don't want to make it too long but do you feel like with the cultural shift that women are going to start feeling more confident earlier than they do now in the sense of like like you said when when women hit 30 they tend to start being like oh wait fuck that bullshit do you think it's going to start earlier now because of that switch where they're not going to be caught up in, you know, all the bullshit that has been happening previously. Yeah, I think so. Well, cause you're just, I think for a lot of the, you're raising girls differently now, which I think is changing. And I think this, the, the culture that they're growing up into is a lot different. Even like when I was a teenager, which was like the late nineties, like, so I mean, I really hope so. I think that honestly, this is what it feels like. It feels like, from about the time you're like 9, 10 is when it starts and you're indoctrinated basically until you're like 25, 26. And then you're sort of like, this does seem a little bit bullshit. When you turn 30, you're like, you see like the other side of the matrix or whatever. <laughs> and then you spend all this time indoctrinating yourself. So every little bit you indoctrinate yourself, you feel better and better and better. So I think if we don't have that first of the indoctrination, then yeah, then they are more powerful. You're off and running. Yeah. That's what I want too. And I do think that's happening. I think there are a lot of like um, really amazing young women that I know and that also just sort of like in the culture that are showing up. So yeah, I really, I really hope that's happening. I don't have kids. I don't know. I'm not, I don't have a pulse on it. The teens right now. Yeah. 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 Hopefully. What's next? Oh, tropes. Acquaintances to lovers. Cause they were acquaintances. And there's that whole thing about how they went on some trip and he took bugs off her and nobody else would help with the bugs. And, uh, but they mentioned that a lot, but I think that was the one time that they really interacted. interacted. So that was so in each other's mind. And also I think they really felt something strongly in that moment. Yeah. And there was a funny joke where they remembered each other, but not the person who introduced them to each other. And then they finally remember who the person is. (laughs) That was, I like that bit. New York real estate. Hmm. Fake relationship, mm-hmm. pseudonyms, close family, city planning, misunderstanding, because there was that misunderstanding about the job, closed door romance, and diverse hero and heroine. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What were your tropes? My tropes were, and just so you know, I did mention at the beginning I am on a lot of painkillers, um, and I was going into the painkiller fog <laughs> as I was writing these down. <laughs> so... One of my tropes is girl, 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 girl. <laughs> so I don't have many because I was getting very <laughs> sleepy as I was writing them. So this is not a read or anything, but yeah, that's where I was at mentally. Chasing the dragon. Yeah. 
chasing the dragon. It's all over the counter. Spiders everywhere. <laughs> I can't laugh. It hurts my back. Okay, sorry. <laughs> all right. Fake romance. Dating after divorce. Uh, I've loved you so long because Oliver had a crush on her this whole time. Workplace romance. Beta hero. Real estate porn. He is a beta. He is a beta. He's definitely a beta. He's a beta. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, you're a beta. Shut your mouth. <laughs> you really think you're an elf? <laughs> I guess a beta wouldn't stand for someone laughing at them as they said, you think you're an alpha? An alpha would take care of that. But I guess I'm a beta. You don't smell like sandalwood. Oh, I want to so bad, you guys. <laughs> We'll get you a sandalwood perfume. Do you think... I would love that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Please buy me perfume, says the alpha. Um, do, do you think you're born a beta and always will be a beta? You're born an alpha, right? Yeah. I think it's all 100% nature, no nurture. But in polite society, 2019, is alpha good? Yeah. Okay. You can be not an alpha hole, but if you can still be an alpha. Okay. Is this why Montana left? Because I'm not alpha enough? Wyoming. Oh, sorry. We still got Montana. And also, do you think it's because I forgot the name <laughs> of the state? I'm sorry. I said Montana when I meant Wyoming. We still have Montana. That's, well, not for long. Thanks, Montana. Thanks for outing me as a beta. <laughs> on a horse. Like Someone on a horse is going to be like, I knew it. I fucking knew it. He's going to throw his iPod first generation into the, into the fucking where all the bulls hang out. I'm just going to stomp all over it because this guy has a bunch of bulls on his property. If you have a bunch of bulls together, they'll kill each other. No, he likes it. He likes oh. to watch that. Oh, he's sadistic fuck. That's what he loves. He yeah. loved this podcast up until now and he loved watching bulls kill each other. <laughs> And now we lost him. Mm. <laughs> what a picture you paint. I, I love know. it. Thank you. Um, I don't even know where we were going. Here we are. But here we are. <laughs> I often wonder that. Late at night, lying in my bed. <laughs> I'm so loopy. <laughs> okay. Clayton, what has you swooning this week? What has me swooning this week? Not the state of Wyoming. Well, I will always swoon for Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Always, always. Um, but it is a TV show, and I never watch TV. This is my purview. I am a movie guy. Mm. And you would think, well, what kind of prestige show would get Clayton back into watching serialized television? And let me tell you. If you say Love Island. No, 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 no. That's a reality show. Yeah. That is not TV. That is reality. That is different. Uh, no, that is real. That is a documentary. Um, it is It is a little show called BH90210. It's so good! <laughs> Which I have never watched an entire episode of the original run, but I am so into this reboot. Oh, it is amazing. So the thing about this, it is on Fox. It has reunited the original cast except for... Um, uh, Perry, Luke Perry, Luke Perry, because Everyone he has passed still away. Everyone on the earthly plane is there, which is such. I mean, it's a shame that he passed away, obviously, 
but it's also a shame that he was not able to be part of this because I really want to see what they would have done with it. Because the concept of this reboot is that it's them playing themselves making a reboot. Uh, the great thing about this reboot is that they play with their personas. So they play with um, themselves and their careers after 90210, but also what people perceive of them. And uh, it's really funny, but there's also drama to it. Uh, they do mention Luke Perry's death, and it's a very poignant uh, moment because you can you know that they have history with each other, and um, I don't know. And it's, there's there's they have a whole dramatic arc outside of them trying to get the 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 reboot happening. Uh, Shannon Doherty came back, and they play up that whole thing like that she's basically awful. Yeah, that she's awful and a crazy person, oh, and yeah, and that she then does like weird contract negotiation things. It, this is such a good show. I'm so happy you're suiting about this. I'm surprised I'm not suiting about this week because I do love it so much. Is it also does such a great job of being camp enough that it it, it is a soap opera because there's a whole thing with. Brian Austin Green, like, having a stalker and then everything that happens with that. Well, the whole... The, all of them have a stalker. Yeah. Because we don't want to ruin... I, I really don't want to ruin some no, surprises. It's so good. Because you see some old faces from the original show, mm-hmm. which even though I didn't watch the original show, I was really... I It's been in reruns forever, so I absorbed it without even really watching it uh, consensually. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of, like, became part of my cultural knowledge. But they do bring back some people that I was psyched about, even though I didn't really understand the impact of why that would be so big. But I could tell the characters were like, this is big. So I was like, oh, it must be big. Yeah, it's so well done. It's it's great. I think it's only six episodes or something. It's a very short season. Hopefully they renew it. Um, so when this comes out, I, I think it's going to be maybe the last the, – penultimate episode or the last episode of the season i'm not sure but it's getting towards the end but you can you know watch on hulu and and things like that yeah it it is really fun you know brian austin green's a fox he got what's her face his wife megan fox are they married still yeah they have kids okay well i I never last time i checked actually i have no idea i always thought that he was kind of a goofy dude but i was like you know what i get it I, I always I always like Luke Perry. I, I always also liked um, um, uh, Brendan. What's his name in real life? Uh, he, Jason. He, Jason Priestley. I mean, he hosted the best uh, ever episode of SNL. Look that up. It's the best ever episode of SNL. And um, I've always liked him, too. And they play up how he's a director and all, all this stuff. It's just really, it's a really great show. So instead of watching... Your prestige stuff. Still watch Succession. And now that Game of Thrones is done, I think this is a worthy successor oh, to Game yeah. of Thrones. I yeah, I want to know everyone who's associated with it creatively because it is such a bonkers thing, and they and it's such a hard um, tightrope walk that they are really pulling off. They're it's it's so well done. And Tori Spelling is the person uh, who in the show uh, helped. It was trying to get the reboot happening, and. Uh, she is, she is somebody who I uh, have only really known about through, um, you know, people's people saying things about her being a rich kid and all this stuff. But she is a genuinely likable presence on this show, and you root for her uh, as somebody who is trying to get something to happen, and you want her to succeed. And I think that's like such a hard tightrope to walk, 
And I think she does a really excellent job. I confession have read all of her books that okay. are just like essay books and are like popcorn. <laughs> And yeah, I don't, there is something about her that is so likable. Her books, she doesn't come off great, but you still like her. I don't know. I'm always rooting for Tori Spelling. Yeah. I love, she also eviscerates how her husband does nothing and she has too many children. <laughs> that's, yeah, that is that's also true. a through line is that she just doesn't know where the kids are, what's happening. Yeah. Um, great swoon. Thank you. Excellent swoon. Erin, mm-hmm. what are you swooning about? So my swoon is of a different tone. Um, it's a book called Good and Mad by Rebecca Tracer. And I was lucky Friday night before my back really decided to crap out. Um, I went to the Strand and saw her speak about it, which was so cool. I've been such a huge fan of her and her writing for a really long time. Um, of course, when I went up to get my book signed, I couldn't think of one goddamn thing to say. So she said, thanks for coming. I said, thanks for writing the book. And then I left and just like head smacked in the elevator. Because you know when you have a lot to say to somebody and you admire them so much and then you meet them and you're just sort of like, eh, there's nothing. But I think that was a nice compliment. Yeah. Okay. Good. I don't think you screwed up. I don't think I, no, but I do get very nervous on authors. They're my rock stars. And so I never quite know what to say. If you're an author and you've met me, you'll have had that experience firsthand and I apologize. No, I think that's fine. I think they don't. I mean, they want to hear something like that as mm-hmm. opposed to a long screed mm-hmm. or, you know, like I think that yeah. was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, but so I've read her book and it is amazing. And this, the tagline is the revolutionary power of women's anger. So I think sort of what we were talking about before about like women coming into their power and stuff. Um, it's this idea like culturally for so long, any woman's emotion has really been treated as something bad to tamp down. And I was reading it and I did think a lot about how this is sort of analogous to romance in that romance is such an explicit example of women's desire in that as much as they are like sexual and and women are getting off reading them, but also like women's stories and the centering of women's emotion and the importance of emotion. Um, and there's so, and it's obviously it's changing. We've talked about that, but like historically how maligned it's been for those reasons, because it's, it's women ex- openly expressing their emotions. And I think anger goes to that too. And it's sort of how, um, throughout history, sort of a propelling force for any social change has been anger. And a lot of time it's been specifically women's anger, um, from the, the March on Versailles, uh, which was a, a woman's march in the 1700s that sort of kicked off the French Revolution to um, women in the mills in Lowell, Massachusetts, and that sort of kicked off the labor rights movement. And um, it's really, uh, it's a, she's a fantastic writer. It's a fantastic read. She is uh, very talented. It is also like a hopeful book and a powerful book. And it's, um, and it's really wonderful. And so everybody go pick up uh, Good and Mad. Awesome. Yeah. If you want to email us your thoughts about any of our tangents today, uh, you can email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Learning Tropes and on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. Um, and then also we have our Facebook group, The Learning the Trope Troop, um, which is a lot of fun. And so come join us there as well. Next week, we are reading Slave to Sensation by Nalini Singh. Um, this was a big book. Everyone's very excited for us to read it. We're excited too. So pick that up. It's a quick read. It's not a novella. It's a full novel, but I still did blow through it. So yeah, pick it up. 
Bye. Bye.